Welcome to episode 209 of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South in Texas Pete. On today's episode, we recap week 10 in college football. What a doozy it was. You can find this show on our website, SaturdayDownSouth.com and Apple and Spotify. Don't forget to join us for the live recording of the show, just like many of you are doing now, every Sunday at 8 Eastern time on the Saturday Down South YouTube page. Go share the pod with your friends. Looking to expand the pod? We appreciate what you guys have done for us already. Let's keep the momentum up. And now here's the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South in Texas. Pete, I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and <laughs> I'm with Tyler, the I am Chris Marler for the weekend. Um, yeah, very, very happy, very, very happy, Chris Marler. I want to start off because I know last week we did it. We did a little bit of a musical theme, did a little bit yep. of a musical theme. So I wanted right. to. You even but, did it on Fine Bob. I did it on Fine Bob. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, so I just want to keep that going. I want to keep that going, um, and I want to start the night with with just a, a lovely song. Okay. I don't hear it. This is, nope. How is that nothing? All right. Well, that was pretty underwhelming since you didn't. Stop coming through. It's a fail. Well, it was neck. It was neck. And um, oh, it's, okay. a, it's, yeah, it's honestly, it's, it's. I believe it's a song. It's an old, I believe, Irish drinking song. Um, it's been woven. Yeah, I believe that fabric. song comes. From like the old scripture, Old Testament. Yeah, it is. It's been passed down for generations and generations. Um, and and the lyrics are like very wholesome and heartwarming. And in the song, LSU fans say or slur probably, um, "Suck that tiger's dick, bitch," which is like, ooh, outside of WAP, one of the most aggressive, um, I don't know, haikus, if you will, of all time. I will say, I will say, you can set out one of those words because. So tigers, you can say tide. Um, I know that Krista uh, Kissinger is in the chat. Krista, I, you know that I love you. And you know that you're one of my favorite people, not just in the weekly chat, but in general and from our listeners. And, and these are beads that you gave me four or five years ago. You know, it's just peep the button. But here's the thing. I am going to gloat. I am going to gloat. It's a 24-hour rule of winning. And I just cannot. There's so many parts of this that make it so perfect for Bama fans and we, we could start wherever you want to start but I want to start by saying to every single one of these motherfuckers that came out here in the offseason and told me that the dynasty was dead and Bama was going nine and three or Bama was going eight and four unless you are from Athens Georgia and you are a fan of the two-time defending national champions I don't want to hear a fucking word for the rest of the year for the rest of the year because I told you in the offseason if you came in and you started talking all this shit about how, well, we beat y'all, new dynasties in town. The SEC runs through Baton Rouge. SEC runs through Knoxville. Two wins by four total points on the last play of the game, both on the road. It's a shock to me, Tyler, that those two teams that talked the most shit got outscored 48-7 to combined in the second half of their games against Alabama. It's tough to beat a top-10 team on the road, isn't it? It is. It is. I loved it. I loved every second of it. I'm going to take off these beads because they're going to cling around too much, but I'm going to keep the button on. 
That's all. So yeah, I, I'm happy to start here. Um, look, the tide the tide has come a long way, man. I mean, you you think back yeah. to September 16th, Bama struggling ECF. with USF, mm-hmm. and you're thinking, man, the tide they just the dynasty really might be dead. Yeah. And all they've done is reel off win after win ever since that Texas game, and uh, they've beat some good teams while doing it. And Jalen Milrow has become a, a damn player, man. Like seriously, yeah. now and we've all we've said, and you actually went on fine bomb, and you, you kind of discredited yourself by clearly like just trying to fit in Creed lyrics. But not, you did say it was my best, and also not my best. <laughs> uh, you did say, got to get the legs going for Milrow, and man, did they ever! I I don't know how we topped this week or last week. I don't know how we do it, and I don't mean just for like. The show, but I mean, like, personally, I mean, like, the world itself. Dude, last week we came on here, sang a Creed song. The next day, um, the next day, uh, Creed announces a North American tour. Perfect. I got on Fine Bomb. I strictly, somebody said you wouldn't be able to drop a Creed reference. I dropped three different lyrics from Creed. <laughs> In my 10 minute segment, um, we had a great interview. It, it, last week was just so great, and then you know, I, I, I will say that, um, it's just been so many good weeks of football this year. I feel like we haven't gotten cheated at all. I've really, really enjoyed the season, uh, and I'm, I'm just so like blissfully happy right now. I'm getting a text right now from a girlfriend asking me how I'm drinking, and I want to answer it real quick. Happy birthday to the GF, had a big one this weekend. Not gonna you tell you her a snarky tweet. I sent her a snarky tweet this weekend because she tweeted, uh, what's better than four and four, five and four? And I just sent her a gift. I was like, ew. Well, she's not a big gift fan. Uh, I think I did that when we first started talking, and she said, please stop being, and I quote, so millennial cringe. But since then, things have been great. Happy birthday, Willie Gray. Look at, you know what, Willie? Happy birthday to you. Look what I found. An envelope. Oh, Don't show his address. Don't show his address. Probably shouldn't put the address <laughs> up there. But- <laughs> um and thank you michael kelly that is nice uh <laughs> i got your t- i got your stickers they're going out tomorrow willie or my- maybe next year i don't know we'll see um but anyway all right let's get back to the games i i know that um i'm gonna be all over the place tonight because i had I-, I had so much fun last night the bama game we start with bama lsu is that where you want to start yeah okay so let's start with bama lsu um this is a game that i was pretty nervous about i'll, I'll be honest man like I-, I feel like i've been pretty off maybe it is just an emotional hedge at this point i'll just admit it like it's it's just strictly me not knowing how to handle this team and not want to get my expectations up as i said before the season that i feel like Jalen milrow can take bama to the most exciting 10 and 2 season they've had in, in years and I, I i don't think they're better than georgia i'll get that out of the way right now but it's been so sweet to watch this team just overcome adversity overcome their own flaws like a lot of them overcome um you know some of the teams that beat them a year ago and, and getting to do that at home especially in front of that crowd the crowd has gotten better and better each week but going into this game i thought that like the main thing i was concerned about was like you're not going to stop lsu's offense you're not and it was every bit as advertised that's how good they were i thought bama was very fortunate in a lot of ways um but I also thought LSU was kind of fortunate in a lot of ways because I thought that in the first half, Bama had several opportunities. They could have been up by 10. Like the missed field goal, not stopping the fucking – don't let them go 75 yards in the last minute and, and, and one second before halftime. 
And they did. And, and it was just, it, you got the credit, Jaden Daniels, man. It, like, he is so, so good. He's so frustrating to face because it's like you could be locking down their all-world receivers, and he's just going to scamper for 70 yards on your ass if you don't. Yeah. Especially, I mean, dude, he was so good. And, like, how about that throw to Malik Neighbors and, like, his oh leg, like, God. somehow transformed from going out of bounds to staying in bounds? Like, yeah. I saw it. I had I like, it all going. Way he's in. Yeah. Yeah, it was um it was it was just it was a very very good game. I thought I thought going into halftime I was like you have to be I think I even tweeted this out. I was going through it on Twitter. Um that never happens. Man. Uh so Zach, we're going to get to the home run machine interesting later. Um no, I I thought I thought that LSU like I think I tweeted out right beforehand. I was like if you're Bama, you need to be they were up 21 to 14. And it did feel like one of those things which like they're going to have to keep coming and keep coming because I had no doubt that LSU's – okay, there it is. Um, and Bama came a lot. I think we all did, metaphorically. I ain't going to let some smart-ass kid get on this phone. <laughs> I didn't come that much, Tyler. Um that's not good. I should have said that. All right. No, but I, I thought I thought it was such a really, really good first half. And I, I think this is also one of the things. It was kind of cool to watch this game play out the way so many of the important Bama LSU games played out, which is like this like crazy back and forth. Like neither team backing down. Both teams making great plays. Bama was phenomenal on third down. Dude, I think I saw at one point LSU in the first half, their average yards gained on first down, Tyler, were 12.6 yards per play. Which I don't know how they stopped them. Not a winning recipe on defense. <laughs> no, no. But it was one of those things too, where it's like, you know, what, what's amazing. We talk about how good of a runner Jaden Daniels is and how much he just glides across the field. Um, but his gliding last night was like it, it was very apparent to me that he's he is an elite athlete, not just a above average athlete that is a really good quarterback because he outruns people all over the field. He's so dangerous with his legs, where it's like. It looks like, oh my God, it's like third and eight. And like, please get him, like, stop him short. And then you look up and it's like, oh my God, he's got a 40 yard game again, which is just crazy to me. 163 yards rushing. And at what point, at what point of the game did he go out? Like mid third or was that in fourth? I don't know what you're talking about. I turned it off. Did something happen? It was like uh, the 12 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They were down by 14 points. Um, and there was a controversial call or controversial hit in the game. Um, why don't you? Why don't you? I feel like I could be unbiased about this. I yeah, have a very I, similar. I would say that I cannot. I have a very similar take to Danny Canal, which is usually not a good thing. Oh God! But I agree that it like the rules have gone too far, and that hit to me is not a targeting call. But right. by the letter of the law. When your helmet hits the other quarterback's helmet and right. you drive him into the ground, that is a penalty. They decided not to call it, so it's just a ma- it's more of a matter of consistency. Because I think in reality, that's not an actual targeting. Like, if we actually want to play football, right? Okay, so let me, let's take a step back, and I, I'll I'll say I'm being devil's advocate, but you guys can say I'm being biased. I don't I don't care. I don't care. I I, I like I will tell you right You're now. To be biased. What's that? You're allowed to be biased every once in a while. Yeah, and I feel like I do a good job of being as objective as possible all the time, as well as much as possible. But I, yeah. I'm going to tell you from this standpoint, like I try to do every week. I'm going to be, I'm going to try to be like transparent with you and honest with you guys. 
I I forgot how fucking fun it is to be the villain. Like I I really forgot how much fun because I've just been beaten down by Georgia's dominance for fucking two years, and I'm just sitting here. And now Bama Bama gets to be the villain again. Did you see Tyler? At one point, LSU fans got so mad about the targeting call that wasn't called. They started joining forces with angry Tennessee fans that were angry about the call. And that is just, I mean, you want to talk about just a wet dream of collusion for me to watch. It was awesome. It was awesome. And I will tell you this too. So the hit on, on Jaden Daniels, say it is targeting. What, what, what is the, the result of that that made, was, is why people should be so mad? Because it was flagged for 15 yards. It was called roughing the passer. And it got 15 yards. He walked off the field and came back and play later. So if you really want to be mad at somebody, if he's in concussion protocol, why the fuck is Brian Kelly sending him back out there one play later? Did, yeah, did and- Dallas Turner, you were down by 14 points. You hadn't stopped. Bama had six touchdowns in the last seven possessions. Are we are we trying to pretend that it was going to change the game? Or what is the actual anger about? Like, and I'm I'm asking that genuinely because if it's a Bama gets all the calls, like the horse collar, you know that that they scored on that drive. Yeah. Okay. No, no. I injured one of Bama's players. Hold on, I'm not even I, close to being done. Hold on. Okay. So, so that that happened. The in the the Jaden Daniels thing, it got a 15 yard penalty. You were already down by 14 because your defense couldn't fucking stop the little giants. They're awful. You figured out, and, and I'll tell you another reason why it was hard to take it like. You felt bad for Jaden Daniels because Jaden Daniels is a fucking warrior. He is awesome. He is awesome, right? But here's why it's, it was difficult to take too seriously from the fan base. The ire towards Dallas Turner, like he's a dirty player because you saw a slow-mo instant replay, like not in real time, not on the field. From the fucking comfort of your couch, you saw a slow-mo zoomed-in replay of Dallas Turner going full speed in, in this kind of pace – in, in the middle of a football game and hitting a quarterback who I, I bet you he was a little bit frustrated about too, because the fact that like you've been chasing this fucking dude all night, but again, you're already down 14. You hadn't you, you'd given up six touchdowns and seven drives to Alabama. It wasn't like they were going to come back. And I just thought it was ridiculous that the crap that was spewed out about how Dallas Turner is a dirty player. Say he's taken out of the game. What changes? What changes? Like, what are you, what are you mad about? Yeah, so I was going to say that uh, you make a great point. The the everything about that play would have been the same, except Dallas Turner would have been out of the game, which I don't think that really would have mattered at that point. Yeah. Because Jaden Daniels still would have had to leave the game because he was concussed. You still would have had to Garrett Nussmeyer still have to come in, and he did move LSU into Bama territory late, but you just didn't have the same offense, and nothing about the game would have changed if right. that was a targeting. Because you're right, they still got a flag. Jaden Daniels still would have gone out. I mean, the only difference was Turner would have been on the field in the fourth quarter, and he'd be missing the first half against Kentucky. And and then and then this becoming this whole thing with he's got a history of it. And I know Chris is commenting on it right now. It's got a history of doing it with quarterbacks. He knocked out Quinn Ewers last year because Quinn Ewers fell on his AC joint during a tackle. He got flagged for that too, Tyler. Did you know that? Then in 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 like horrific fashion. Like we never see in football against Ole Miss last year, he was running by Jackson Dart and grabbed onto his face mask and like turned his like his entire head around. You know what, Tyler? That also got called. All of those things were flagged. I, you know, 
So yeah. I don't know three calls that everyone's like uh, upset about for that were all penalized during the game. And I just, I, I just love the fact that we're already back to, well, Bama's getting all the calls and that's the only reason they won. And now let's get into this for a second too, Tyler, because here's why they won. Jalen Milrow, they opened up the playbook and Jalen Milrow ran all over the field on that defense. The other thing that was really big, and I thought was really impressive was like on third down, Alabama was 11 of 14, Tyler, 11 of 14. Um, incredible. It, no, a lot of that was Jalen Milrow's legs. The last thing I'll say, this is the last thing I'll say about it. If you're so upset about the, the hit, call your fucking senator. I don't know what to tell you. It got flagged. It didn't affect the outcome of the game. And the bottom line is, if you're an LSU fan, you got your fucking ass kicked in the second half. And really, if we want to lean into the whole villain thing, because I threw out the choose your own adventure on Twitter earlier of, of what level of, of, of petty I should be. I, I said this, and, I, and I, I'll say it again. Maybe what you're really mad about is not the Dallas Turner hit. It's the fact that you know, and I know, that Alabama owns LSU, and they have – before Saban got there, they didn't lose in Death Valley for three fucking decades. They've owned them for the last 13 games. They've won 11 of those. And you look, you start taking a step back and you look at the fact that, okay, well, without a Joe Burrow and the greatest cultural team of all time, and without a two-point conversion in overtime, those combined two wins by six total points, without those two things, you're looking at an 0-13 in your last 13 games against Alabama. And maybe that's what you're really mad about because every single time you hype yourselves up in the offseason and try to convince yourself that this is the year, this is the year, we're finally going to get over that hump, Alabama does the same shit they do to everyone else besides Georgia one time, and that's whack-a-mole your ass back under the fucking surface and continue to go win championships. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. If you're upset about Dallas Turner, get get a support group about it. I, I don't know. Write, write your senator. Call your senator. Do whatever. Go door to door and, and sign a petition for him to get banned for the first half against Kentucky. I don't know. What I do know is that Alabama was 11-14 on third downs. Alabama had 507 yards of offense, by far the most they've had in any game this season. And on top of that, Jalen Milrow, four rushing touchdowns. On third down, he was 5-5 five of five for 156 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, you got outplayed, you got outcoached, all of it. Most surprising thing in this game, actually parlayed Bama and the over, so that was nice. Um, most surprising thing of this game, Will Riker turning back into a pumpkin. Yeah. Just that was tough. not making kicks at all. That was crazy, but he did become the uh, NCAA all-time points leader. Hold on. Hold on, and we have I, I see it in the comments from Gordy and from Krista. It's big, why imagine being this angry after your team won, Gordy? I heard all I I got on national television because one of your former players told me to shut the fuck up and called me a nerd because I reminded all of you how dominant Saban has been and why he brought back the whole program. You guys sat back the entire offseason talking shit about the one point win from a year ago. Tyler, I didn't check. Did they did they see if the field's going to be in good enough shape for next week or did because I know Bama had to have rushed the field, right? It must have been a huge win. That didn't happen. Right. So no, I, I like I sat there and listened to it all offseason. I told you why it was a dumb take of why you got to stack seasons and I haven't seen LSU do it all year. And now we're back. So for the next month, I'm gonna gloat until Alabama loses by 10 to Georgia. Bama 67% success rate in this game. Unbelievable. 7.5 yards per play. C- crazy enough, LSU was at 8.1 yards per play. Um, but, yeah, Jalen Miller was incredible all night. 
feel good for the kid, man, because I, I feel like he took a lot of, I don't know. Flat. He took a lot of crap after that yeah. first Texas game. And then, you know, he sat out that USF game. And we saw what Bama could look like without him. I think he's oh god, clearly the MVP of the team this year. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I'm not necessarily sure I thought that would happen. To be honest with you, I mean he's been really good. We got a lot of we got a lot of voicemails this week. Did we really? We got, a, we got some Bama ones and some LSU ones to play. We'll go. <laughs> we'll we'll start pregame. Pregame. Mr. Spoon called in pregame. Let's see what and let's we, see what he called here. Okay. Good morning, Uncle Chris T. Huck. It's your guy, Mr. Spoon, back at you again. Uh, um, going to Tuscaloosa this afternoon for the showdown in T-Town, uh, hoping that Bama comes away with the win. I think they will. I know, you know, Texas came in to Bryant Denny early in the season, but now it's Texas. This is LSU. This is a whole different ball game. This is conference on the line. This is conference, you know, division on the line. This is revenge. The revenge tour, the second stop. We got the win against Tennessee two weeks ago. We've had a week to prepare or two weeks to prepare now. I think we're going to come out healthy, aggressive, and just find out tenacious. I mean, we are going to get after Jaden Daniels. We are going to. After those little kitty cats from Baton Rouge, and we're gonna send them home in a big old gumbo soup. So my uh, my prediction here: Alabama gets the win. I think it's going to be I'll go 34-28. Huh. I'll, I'll 34-28. Not far from it. But hope you boys enjoy your Saturday and roll tide roll. Roll tide roll. Let's get it, baby. Hey, let's. Let's just go strictly to the ones after the show because I didn't realize that my anger, my angry uh, lashing out irrationally took over 20 minutes. My bad, guys. Uh, so you want to move to Georgia, Missouri? No, just go play the play the oh. voicemails from after the game. Yeah, and another thing too, Gordy and Krista, the fact that you guys celebrate eating cakes with babies in them is fucking weird, okay? Fair. Yeah, I don't know. I said Power, Krista. It's your long time listening, occasional calling fan here. I always say you guys got the best college football podcast out there. Say it every time because I mean it. Appreciate exactly. what you guys do. Sitting here just celebrating the victory over LSU. Um, you know, I won't be long winded. I'll just keep it short and sweet. I'd like to tell the LSU collective fan base that they stink. They're corn dog eating. They're drunks. And they can go get their fucking shine box. Roll Tide. <laughs> okay, here's the thing though: corn dogs are fucking delicious, and I've never understood. Dogs. I've never understood that that slander. Like, if somebody's like, "Oh, I don't like Marler because he smells like tater tots," like one, it's probably because I was eating fucking tater tots like right before you saw me, and then two, like tater tots are delicious. Put that in a. If, I tell you what: if corn dogs were like in some dramatic commercial with Johnny Depp in the desert with, with wind for no reason, and he was shoveling sand into his fucking back pocket, like that weird-ass cologne commercial, mm. I'm a rooster illusion. Then people would love the smell of corn dogs. Okay. Uh, I don't My know. Pick. Yeah. All right, let's go. What's up, guys? Spam a bow here. Just enjoying a few brewskis with my boy Logs after the Bama dub. Um, 
I'll make it short and sweet for you guys for me. But uh y'all smell that? I smell Atlanta. I hear a little bit of dogs barking in the background. (laughs) Really, I hear. That's what I hear. I'm scared. Something in the air right there. Yeah, let me know what y'all think. Hey, guys, this is your boy, Logan. Also, after a couple of briskies, I've come to the conclusion that Dallas Turner is, is, in fact, the quarterback killer, whether it was last year with yours or this year with Daniel. Why? Why? Uh, I hate to see that he went down. Wasn't what wasn't what you really want to see, but hope he's all right. First thing you brought anyway, up. overall, the boys kind of had me a little stressed out, a little too early in the game. But the second half adjustment, we came through. They did it. Uh, I have I didn't think I'd have faith in this team, but. Here I am having faith in this team. Hope you guys oh, enjoyed the enjoyed the <laughs> sorry. Uh enjoyed the damn game and I hope to hear this on the pod. I'm gonna go back to my Michelob. See y'all. Oh I, Ultra. Yeah, it's an interesting choice to brag about the Michelob. But, One of my favorite bars in in Columbia that we used to go to when I used to work here. It's called Red Hair Saloon. It was right across from where I worked. And they would have dollar beer nights every night. So there would be like some shitty beer that everyone forgot about. And like, it'd be nice to be like, yeah, we got Michelob. I'm like, oh, cool. Like Ultra. They're like, Michelob. Like, is that a, where are they making that at? And then he's like, yeah, it's Michelob Ultra. No, it's just Michelob. It was gross. Um, okay. I like Logan. He, he started off. I thought it was going to go downhill, but he really recovered during that. Yeah. Until the end when he bragged about the Michelob. What is, um, yeah, uh, Chris, has bring, Chris has been a really good sport. Now I feel like a huge dickhead. She's just sat here in the paint and taking it. I know we've got Jordan. one more Bama call and two LSU calls. Just play the LSU ones. All right. I do declare that that hit on Jaden Daniels was so illegal. I think that he should be locked up. I'm your resident LSU fan, South of Louisiana, and I just want to say that only Bama could win while in your new stock you'll be. Let's look at the history. I ain't like them Georgia Bulldogs who just win no matter what. Ain't no taking out no star wide receivers. Ain't that right, Chris? Now, Brian Kelly talks about family, and that's what we about. We about that family. You come down here, these damn Bengals, trying to eat them damn elephants. And I tell you what, Saban must have paid off whole what's his face to hit Jaden Daniels square in the head. And I just can't stand it. Had me hitting, sweating, had to hit my fan going. Sweating. I just I just can't do it. Give my heart palpitations like that. Now after that it was over. I just know. I just know bottom of my heart that Alabama gonna go to Atlanta and get the shit kicked in by them Georgia Bulldogs. I do they better hope they do, That was the worst attempt at a Cajun accent. So bad. By what I can only assume was Zach Woodhurst in the chat. A thousand percent of Zach Woodhurst, and we appreciate you calling Zach. <laughs> All right. Now, yeah. All right. Now one, more, one more LSU. Cases. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Krista. Um, can I vote for myself for who's better than Marler? 
Um, first off, congratulations, Marler. Um, I am actually very sad because I don't know how long Jaden's going to be out. Uh, tonight was pretty awful. Um, I'm just going to say, uh, yeah, I just, I love my team and I, I hope Jaden's back for, for Florida and hopefully we can finish out strong. Um, go Tigers. I'll, uh, I'll be listening probably live tomorrow night. Um, please don't be too hard on us. Bye. Now, Chris, I should have listened to that before we started. Uh, Sorry, Chris. Uh, you're the best. I, I will say that LSU looked awesome on offense for most of that so game. Good. Their defense has just got better in a, with the quickness. Uh, next year, I don't know if it's getting rid of house. Clearly, you got a lot of talented players on that side of the ball. I mean, the DBs were out, sure, but it's more than that. I mean, it's been every game when the DBs are there, when they're not there. It's just been a tough year on the defensive side of the ball. We had our uh, former producer, Dan, out there just angry with the defense. Um, producer Dan. A lot, of, a lot of... He's about fighting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of people down bad about the yeah. defense. So well, I, I hope Jaden Daniels is healthy, too. For sure. The I mean, that kid is incredible. He, deserve, he still deserves to be the front of the Heisman, I feel like. Because, like, dude... Think about the numbers he still put up in that game alone. Do you know how many yards? You know what? Do you know what LSU averaged rushing in that game? Yards per rush. Uh, uh yards per play on rushing was eight point three. I I said guess. I didn't say look it up, dickhead. Well, it's in front of me because I want to know. It's eight point six. But yes, um, I just thought that was so impressive. I thought that was I thought it was so impressive. I do. I I saw today, and I and I think I've like. The thing that sums it up most, and I hate to even say this because regardless of how much of a dickhead I've been through the first 30 minutes of the show, I will say, oh I know, I will say that um, it, I saw a post today from uh, One Team One Podcast who, po- who posted the anger that a lot of fans that, like, that he has is towards the defensive coordinator, Matt House, because you have wasted a team. This offense man is and like Caroline, Caroline Fenton like brought it up. Like it, like statistically, it was like right up there with with 2019 LSU, which is the greatest offense in the history of college football. And you're telling telling me that like you had three losses because you guys couldn't fucking stop Ole Miss from scoring 50, Bama from scoring 42 in a down year, and then a Florida State team. Like because even after the Florida State game, you still had you were still in control of your own destiny. And that that thing that part I think is really sad because you kind of I don't want to say you've wasted a year because it's still a special year. Anytime we get to have college football. And Jaden Daniels has had a truly remarkable uh, um, season. But, yeah. All right. Somebody called it a Bama pod, so we got to fucking move on to Georgia. And, and those are three top ten teams. Yeah, also true. And, like, it's tough. to Like, all three of those games are away from home. Yep. Let's not be too hard on them. All right. We'll talk about Georgia now for everyone in the chat. Can we do it around like the same theme as the broadcast did? Like, can we do it like as like disjointed and weird? So did they get like the B or C team? Hey, Tyler, what's that? Yeah, absolutely. So we're here in right outside of Atlanta in beautiful Georgia University at the arches. Between the arches is where they say the dogs come to play. 
And touchdown, Georgia. And <laughs> Reggie Miller's looking good. Um, it was the worst broadcast. I, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna drop names here, but I will tell you that that was a CBS broadcast, and this was a weird thing because CBS had three different games on. They had Rutgers Ohio State at noon. They had Georgia Mizzou at three thirty, and they had Bama LSU at seven forty five. And you knew Bama was getting the 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 A team. So this B team, it's not like they were just like thrown together. Like they do other games, like on on CBS College Sports Network. Aaron Taylor and somebody, and I forgot who the sideline reporter was, but it was so egregiously bad. They called Brock Vandergriff like Clay, Chase. yeah, Clay, Clay yeah. Vandergriff. Uh, at one point on like an extra point, they were like talking about like a fake, and they're like, and, and Carson Beck, or like, or it was like a field goal. It was like Carson Beck is the holder, and that is almost never the case. In football, like you almost never see the quarterback being the whole. I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? The whole thing was so weird. And it was on CBS. One of the people that works for CBS more on the writing and and video side texted me and is like, dude, I know this is my company, but this is awful. Like, this is awful. And then somebody from ESPN DM'd me and was like, I'm getting ready to go do my game like tonight. And this is one of the worst broadcasts we've ever seen. Like from top to bottom, it's egregious how bad it was. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not the story of the game. Obviously, huge win for Georgia. Um, maybe a little closer than most people thought. Um, Missouri was actually leading in this game 13 10 early in the second half. Um, but Georgia answered with two straight touchdowns. You had the 15 yard run by Kendall Milton. And then you had the throw to Carson uh, from Carson Beck to Oscar Delp. Um, of course, you had the huge play from the huge man, Nazir Stackhouse, with the near pick six. My man was just rumbling. Somebody somebody dubbed it today with some, this guy named B Rad. He wrote, he wrote, I had no idea Nazir was was mic'd up for this. And it was just the the audio from like the fucking TikTok is like fast as fuck, boy. I'm fast as fuck, boy. I was <laughs> dying. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Did, were you, at any point in this game where you're like, man, Georgia might this might be it? This might be the end of the streak? Or did you think that? I mean, because I thought I was impressed with Missouri. So I, I'll start there. I, I will say I I thought it was I had nothing but positive takeaways from this game on both sides. I tried to write a very lengthy comment and response, like reaction to the game. Some fans, and I will I will say that it was a minority of the fans. It was very few of the fans were outraged by me bringing up the refs' involvement in the game in general. The refs were an impact for both sides. It was, they were awful all day. It was so weird. It was just the whole the whole. It almost it, it like what made me kind of frustrated about it was. The broadcast and the officiating kind of took away, and I was worried to be frank. Or to be to be frank, um, I was worried they were going to impact the outcome of what was a really really great game between two really really good teams. I think my biggest takeaway from all of it was how impressed I was with both teams, and I think that Missouri is a team that I say all the time they get shit on for no reason, just for no reason at all, and. I was so impressed with how they how they looked up front on both sides of the ball. They they were they were physical. They I mean, if you would have told me that the key to them staying in the game was going to be them running the football, I would have thought you were crazy. Um, and that's what it was. They they were able to run the football that stretch play. Um, 
you know, like it was effective all day, all day. Uh, I thought Brady Cook was really good for about three quarters. Um, I thought the defense played played really good. And then from so like, I think that you have to give Mizzou their flowers in terms of like I think this is a really really good team. I still think Mizzou even after the loss is a top fifteen team in America with what they're able to do to teams. I mean like. They just went on the road to Athens, a place that they haven't won in in, in over a decade. Frankly, it hasn't been super close. And in a game that's kind of like a revenge game a little bit for Georgia last year, like you knew you were going to get like – it wasn't like they were going to overlook you. Um, I thought they held their own really, really well for, for three-plus quarters. Now with Georgia, and this is exactly what I said from the tweet, um, like there's going to be people that were going to shit on this win because it's Mizzou, the low-hanging fruit that is Mizzou. And then the whole thing about how, you know, they, they looked bad and blah, blah, blah. It's like, like, don't, don't let that happen. It, you just beat the number 12 team in the country and you almost beat them by double digits. You did it without your best player. You did it where Carson Beck looked off all day. You faced a really good team and, and you did what you do best, which is you force them to make mistakes. You sit there and you just like, I, I compared it to like a boa constrictor. You just kept squeezing and squeezing and squeezing until finally they make a mistake, and then next thing you know, you're fucking done. And and you can't you like that's what makes elite teams like like Georgia so good is you cannot make mistakes and expect to win. You you have to play a near perfect game to beat them. And you know, I just I was just really really impressed. Like Carson Beck didn't look great, but he was never rattled, not once. I was super impressed how he used his legs. Um, I just all all the way around, man. The defense made plays when they needed to most. I, I just thought it was a great great win for Georgia, and I thought it was a great game played by both sides. Yeah, point in the chat too. Mizzou coming off a bye, had two weeks mm-hmm. to prepare. Um, part of why they looked so good, but I mean, Georgia clamped down. I mean, it was certainly the score thirty to twenty one, but both teams didn't reach four hundred yards of offense, which I think is pretty rare for both teams. Yeah. Um, so it was a good defensive effort from both sides. Uh Cody Schrader, 112 yards and a touchdown. Shout out to him. You know, one of the few white running backs out there. Good for him. Like one of two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Burden also annoyed the shit out of me too because the broadcast team was just eat it up. It just the this kid is incredible. <laughs> like, no, he's just white. He's having a very good game. It is incredible that he looks so athletic in a game like this, but nope, he's really not that athletic. Um I mean, he, he played very well though. Yeah, he did. Um Theo Weiss had the bigger game between him and Luther Burden. Uh Luther Burden obviously did have the one touchdown, but targeted seven times, only caught three passes. So credit to Georgia there. Um, they clearly had a plan and Lad McConkey steps up again. He's clearly the go-to receiver with Bowers out eight targets, seven receptions, 95 yards. Um, another big one for, for Georgia this week. I mean, you, you're right back at it, right back at home, which is good, but you got a night game against Ole Miss. It's another top 10 team. Um, I would expect this train to keep rolling, but we will preview this game later this week. Yeah. Um, we do have some voicemails. We actually have some Mizzou callers as well, but mostly Georgia callers. What's up, Huck? What up, Marler? My therapist doesn't work weekends, so I figured I'd give you a call. Listen, Marler, I told you, don't fucking tweet about Burden. I knew you were going to fucking do it, and you did it. On other news, I don't know what's 
going on with Georgia or this was mid game. Who's handing oh. fucking rest, man? Burden got a push off, faster than pass interference. Then they fucking call pass interference on Humphrey and let Mizzou just get three points. Kirby's playing like a little fucking bitch right now. I don't know. So we'll see if uh, second half dogs come out like they have all year and get away for the win. Uh, I hope you guys have a good rest of your weekend. Uh, Huck, I hope FSU pulls it out. And uh, Marler, uh, I, I hope Dan wins. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. He actually did call back. Oh, give it to me. What's up, boys? Scrums again after the game. <laughs> uh, they fucking did it. <laughs> they played Georgia football in the second half, just like they have all year. Um, He's a different person. Marler, if you send me a DM, I promise you a bottle of Four Roses to let me know. Let's do this. This is Brian. Congrats on the win for Florida State. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I love this, dude. I hope you Marler. Go Dogs. Totally different person. I mean, it was the same person, but totally voice. different people. Yeah. It took me six months to not taking Adderall to get sound like that. I mean, that kid did it overnight. Did it mid-game. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he saw a therapist mid-game. Who knows? I mean, listen. I joke around, but therapy is so good for people. And I'm like, I just we're getting near the holidays. And all I'm going to say, it's fun. I know to give each other shit. And I know that I'm the one throughout the thing about therapy. I will never make fun of somebody for going therapy. I think everyone should go to therapy. But anyway, no, that's Grimes is a great dude. I will DM him and um, get your bottle of four roses. <laughs> but like, did you hear what he said, though, about Burden? I did, yeah. I made the joke about it, but like, it's a crazy. Yeah. It's, it's just a crazy thing that that has happened, and and like it was non-contact. It had nothing to do with Georgia, but it's just been a. And, and also, Burden came back and played the rest of the game. That's not why he was ineffective. He was ineffective because he didn't go up and, and make plays um, that he they, he should have or usually makes. You know what I mean? Yep. All right. Here's a couple more here. Seahawks, Marlon. It's your guy Akon from South Georgia. Who? And motherfucker. That game about gave me a heart attack. Okay. My daggum veins. And my heart are about as tight as my asshole was. And I'm glad I'm drinking a lot of vodka to keep my blood thin, or it might have got serious. Missouri's got one of the best white running backs I've ever seen. <laughs> hard. Holy shit. But my dogs, they somehow pulled it out, made enough plays, lived to fight another day. Got them coming up. Who the hell knows what's going to happen to that? I'm going to have to keep on the vodka to keep the blood in, to keep flowing for this old pick. Hope you're all doing well. Alabama, you're up next. Marler, hope you don't go through what I just went through, brother. Hope oh, you all have buddy. a good night. Thank you. <laughs> I love our audience so much. Just so fucking much. Uh, we have what like four more UGA calls and one Mizzou. Do we want to hit the Mizzou and move on or more Georgia calls? This is what we got to start listening to these before we... Or, like, looking at the... I mean, they're all good. They're all good? Oh, I mean, like, they all have been so far. Yeah, I mean, play, you, you make the decision. All right, cool. Uh, We'll do... Roller! We're 40 minutes. <laughs> Yo, Uncle Chris, T-Huck. What's up, fellas? It's your boy Miller Time here. Oh, Enjoying yeah. my 
celebratory bourbon after the dogs come out triumphant over the Mizzou Tigers. Watching this Bama LSU game, Uncle Chris, I know you're sweating right now, tied up at half. I just wanted to call and say, dogs still on top. Uh, Mizzou, man, whew, they, uh, the team has earned my respect over the last few years. Drinkowitz is really putting together a good program. And honestly, Mizzou and Drinkowitz are what everybody thought Tennessee and Heifel were going to be. They are quietly just putting together a killer offense and making waves in the SEC. But you can make waves in the SEC. You can have one of the best receivers in the game. But at the end of the day, a wise man once said, you still got to buckle that chin strap and you got to fucking come to Athens and play Georgia, (laughs) the best team in the SEC. I don't know who we're going to be facing out of the West, but, oh, shit, Bama's on a breakout. Oh, they got tackled, but they're down and getting close to the red zone. Anyways. I'm facing in the West in Atlanta, but I can't wait. Go dogs! Love that. You know, right, we we'll get a in. Hold on, real quick. But, you know what we should do? Because because somebody, I think it was Grimes, that was was helping us out with he like to start doing. And I applied for this today for the super chat thing where we can get money. We should oh, we nice. could like start doing this where people can like donate during the show. I did a show the other night. There's like an LSU show with with Carter Bryant that was like strictly LSU. During my my fifteen minute segment, I think he made like eighty dollars. We should just do that and then print up like shirts or stickers to sell back, like not sell or just like make. I I think we should, we would make a whole market of tomorrow at three thirty. You got to line up and then play like and you put like fucking fork union motherfucker <laughs> like just like really really bu- <laughs> just leave a line so you can yeah. you can like write on it every week. I tell you what, tomorrow at three thirty, you got to line up and play Hawaii. I'd love it. <laughs> All right, let's see. Mizzou fan. Hey, y'all. I'm a Mizzou fan. I will say, you know, we played a great game today, but mostly I just dislike Georgia fans very much. They are cocky. And, I mean, they got a reason to be cocky. But, I mean, they come out thinking they're going to whip everybody by, you know, 30 or by 90, you know, all dogs by 90, dogs by 90. They, I mean, underestimating Mizzou, and then all of a sudden they come up and they're like, oh, Mizzou is a good football team. You know, 10 points is not that bad. I mean, Mizzou played their hearts out. They, I mean, a couple really bad mistakes screwed it up. I think it was a great game overall. I'm happy it was that close. I didn't think it would be. I thought it would be a blowout. Maybe I'll talk me into that one. I'm not sure. I don't know. Anyways, I'll let you all keep going on with your show. Thank you very much. And don't kill him. What did he say? I don't know. He said there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, we agree with you, but uh, whatever it is, I think. I think. Um, yeah, I think Mizzou is definitely, well, we'll see this weekend, but it, do- it definitely feels like Mizzou has kind of established themselves as the second best team in the SEC East. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, all right. All right. Well, where do you want to go from here? Because we have, we have a new segment we're going to do, whether you like it or not. And it's, it's just the, and I want you guys to start. Let's let's make the announcement now. Let's start sending us throughout the week. Maybe we, maybe, maybe it's two S or, or Sat Football Uncensored um, on Twitter, or just DM us directly, uh, Vern Funquist on Twitter or Instagram. But just start sending us the dumbest shit you see on Saturdays, because I would like to do a or whole the segment. funniest shit or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's something I like the funniest shit, like just because there's so much gold that I miss. I feel like 
um, that I want to start doing. It's all, you know, it's, that's like the origin of the show anyway. So, all right, let's recap the rest of the country now that we've done those two. This um, game was awesome. Texas Kate. I could watch it. Did you watch could, this game? Like, no, because I, dude, I had YouTube TV open at 12 o'clock. There were so many good games on. There was Florida, Arkansas, um, Ole Miss A&M, South Carolina and in Jacksonville. Jack State. We had why, don't we just cover the, why don't we just cover briefly the 12 p.m. block? Let's do it. All right, so this game, Texas-Kansas State, was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Kansas State was down big, and everyone's kind of like, man, Texas, you know, they're really making a run. Then Kansas State comes all the way back. Uh, they miss, like, a chip shot. Like, literally, I think it was, like, a 19-yard field goal. I don't know how you missed that. Yeah. And then right before overtime starts, the kicker kind of redeems himself and makes, like, a 40-plus yarder to take it to overtime. Texas comes down um, and kicks a field goal. Then Kansas State has a chance. They're, I mean, obviously they right there. For a field goal. Yeah, and instead of kicking the field goal and going to double overtime, Kansas State goes for it, doesn't get it. Um, I got to say, man, Kansas State's coach has got to be one of the best coaches in the country. Okay, hold on. Because Kansas State doesn't have a ton. They, they, don't have a ton of, they don't have a ton of talent. Before you say any of that, Will Howard's a good is a good quarterback for one. Two. He is. He, he had two. He had two plus passing touchdowns and all six of his starts going into the Big Twelve Championship last year. That doesn't mean that he was like. If you look at their roster talent, it's nowhere oh, close. Ball. to Texas. No, but how would you ever want? Imagine living in Kansas for one. I say it every. I say it at least three times a year. Imagine living in fucking Kansas. Then imagine living in like the third best city in Kansas. Ugh. Manhattan. It's like living in like the fucking third best suburb of Gwinnett. Like why? Would you like um, always play that? Like when you're on the road, be like, "Yeah, I live in Manhattan." No, and just leave it at that. No, I would have already killed myself if I ever lived in. Kansas. <laughs> oh no, we wouldn't do that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, so on the Jack State. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. The whole thing about him being a great coach. Oh, yeah. They had first and goal from the six yard line. They gained two yards, so they had second and goal from the four. They had no gain. Third down from the four, no gain. And then this man decided to go for it, despite not gaining a single yard on the previous few plays. Instead of just going, I, I thought it was a horrible play. I thought it was a horrible play. You're still in contention to win the conference. Like, not a great play, but I still think that he's a really good coach. Sure. Um, South Carolina. Yeah, and I, it's one of those things I kind of wish more teams would do it. I, I get like you just went through three straight plays where you gained two yards yeah. total. But I wish teams who are an underdog now, not like Kansas State was a huge underdog. They were a four point underdog. But if you're on the road and you've got a chance to just end the game, mm-hmm. like I, and you got to get four yards and you got, if you got confidence in your team, I, I, I like when teams do that, especially when they're not favored. I feel like the longer that game's go, game goes, the more of a chance that Texas has to win just because they have the better depth of talent. That I, I don't mind going for it. But yeah, it is kind of tough when you just, for the first previous three downs, you get two total yards. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong um, with your camera, but it's awful. Um, my camera? Yeah, you're like a, your voice is like like a second off from your – maybe it's mine. I don't know. Anyway, uh, um, so Arkansas, so Jack State and South Carolina. This was hilarious for a number of reasons because South Carolina wins by 10, and then Shane Beamer decides to pretend he's got this big dick energy about and like talk down to the fan base. They they were they were up three, 
and Jack State was driving to score and threw a pick six. They were on like the 30 yard line, like or maybe it was the 20, they were near field goal yeah. range. And they threw a pick six with like a minute to go. And then Beamer comes out and like I'm terrible. I all my instincts and first impression skills are the worst. I've made jokes about it for for years. There's no better example of it than Shane Beamer because he he comes out and like I don't know if we have the clip of it, but I'll just give you the Shane Beamer impression. Pretty good win. Pretty good win. We had a, you know, we won by 10. And there's a lot of people that are going to be out here that's going to say that it wasn't a good win because it was Jacksonville State. And that's why you weren't, you're not in that locker room right now. That's, that's why you're not in that locker room right now. That's why you're not on this team or on this roster. No, Shane, that's not why. It's because we're 37. I don't have any eligibility left and I'm overweight. All three of those reasons are why I'm not in the locker room. Just because you guys beat Jack State by 10 points, no one said you couldn't celebrate it. But now you somehow sound like an even bigger asshole. For celebrating it. Like, how, like that's almost impossible to do. Pretend in front of the media for a second, hey, you know what? Here's the deal. Not how we drew it up, but listen, we made some plays when it mattered. Spencer Rattler was tough all day. The defense finally stepped up when they needed to most. That's a team that's been, or a, a side of the ball, been under scrutiny. Blah, blah, blah. That's it. It's all you have to do. Instead, he finds, like, he's like me on Twitter. He just has to find someone to fucking get at. It's like, we get it, bro. We get it. <laughs> that, um, that's a fair comparison. We did have a South Carolina caller. Oh God. Yeah. But it's Beamer. Tyler, Chris going on. This is Jonathan from Atlanta. I'm watching this South Carolina Jacksonville state game, man. Tell you what, man, I don't know if you guys, you guys let me know if y'all have ever seen a, uh, defense as bad as this one i mean missed tackles after missed tackles i mean number 52 stone bland i've been watching this kid all season i mean what the fuck this guy is so hell I, I i i don't know what what's going on dude beamer i think beamer might be a little bit soft i love beamer but dude we play so effing soft it's uh pressing you know so i got the crown apple out so we're gonna try to you know salvage this night in this afternoon, we'll see what happens in the in the afternoon and late slate. But and if you know Gamecock fan, man, you got to pray for him. All right. Yeah, look, no. I mean, you're not going to be in a good place after that game. I actually bet Jacksonville State money line plus five fifty. I was feeling pretty good about that. That's surprising uh, that it was it was a fifteen point underdog and only five fifty. Um, yeah. All right, Florida, Arkansas. Now. I, I, well, we try to do this sometimes. Let's build you up before we break you down. Positives. I thought that Arkansas, it was really cool to see Sam Pittman cool his, hof, his hot seat a little bit. It was yeah. really good. I thought to see KJ Jefferson make one more KJ Jefferson stand where it's like, because I don't know what the rest of that schedule looks like. I know they got Auburn, but like in the game is on ESPN, Florida's this little blackout. You're on the road in a different environment to where it's like, um, where you have um, what do you call? <laughs> Noel Hottie just texted just texted the show and said, definitely Beamer wins between Dabo Jimbo and Beamer this week for the that new segment we need to, we really need to actually do. Oh, um, Dabo was insufferable, but, yeah. but no, I, I thought it was really good. The KJ Jefferson and all like they they went down to the swamp, a place they I don't think they'd won in like last like nine times they've been there or something crazy, and they got a really good road win for Florida. I thought it was impressive you were able to battle back. After going down 14 nothing in the first like four minutes, 
But here's the thing, man. That game lies solely on, on Billy Napier. And and what really bothered me the most out of seeing it, because like you had so many opportunities to win that game and didn't. It like yeah. so including a 44 yard field goal and at the end of that regulation. Which that's not his fault. No, I mean you, like, you gotta Arkansas is a two win team. You can't be a two win team or a win at home. And they had a brand new OC, interim OC that had never been an OC before at all on the road at home. On the 39 road. points, it, dude. The and, and what what was the saddest part about all of it, right? They get to overtime, like, because not only did, did you like you scored to take the lead with like two minutes to go or three minutes to go, and then. And then and then you give up like a long, was it like and, a field goal or something like that? And then and then you go back and you miss the game winning field goal. So you go to overtime, you you have to kick a field goal to start overtime. And so Arkansas gets the ball, and you're already like you start at the twenty five, so you're already well within Cam Little's field goal range. Like he's he's I think in my opinion he's the best kicker in the country. Like he just routinely hits like fifty two yarders and they go to like the the top of the net. Like it's fucking ridiculous how good he is. But the other part of it is the very first run is first and 20, Tyler. They back him to 35. The very first run, KG Jefferson, he gets pressure in the pocket. So he steps up in the pocket and starts scrambling. And the absolute lack of want and will and desire to tackle from Florida's team, they had given up. And that was pathetic to watch. That was pathetic to watch. Dude, I saw that effort. I actually tweeted about it last week early against Georgia. Yeah. Jason Marshall, I don't want to you hate to single kids out, but I did on Twitter. And the kid just wasn't even trying to make a play. Like, I don't know. They got something going on there. Um, I thought it was funny. I don't know. I don't know if it's what he said, but uh, after the game, like Jefferson was going off the field and um, Florida's DC came over and like dapped him up and like, he dapped him up and he took his helmet off and someone on Twitter like said, Oh my God. He said, who is that? Did he? <laughs> yeah. Jefferson said that about the, the DC of Florida. I also love the um, moment when the, the lady, um, the silent reporter was like, uh, was like, I bet you're going to want to enjoy a, an old cold beer after this one. He's like, I, I definitely will. Or something. It just, I thought it was cool to see like a, a kind of a vintage Sam Pittman moment. I don't know how many more of those we're going to get. Yeah. Um, for Florida, look, the, I don't think it's an excuse, but they did have, uh, they were down three defensive starters to start the game, including their leading tackler, Shamar James mm-hmm. also lost Jack Piper and their other linebacker and, uh, TJ Searcy in the second half. Yeah. So they were, they were down some talent on defense, but now you find yourself your final three games. You've got five wins. You got to play number 13 LSU on the road, on the road at night. Missouri, and then home against Florida. Have fun. Yeah. Uh, I, don't know if they, I don't know if the Gators are going to be bowling this year, and that that really does a lot to their. Uh, we we do have a we do have a caller. I don't think we game. have time for the caller. Uh, hey guys, it's the Florida resident. Just watching the game wrap up of that uh, overtime loss to Arkansas. <sighs> Told y'all a couple weeks ago, we probably won't win anymore going down the stretch. It looks like that's coming to fruition. 
I don't know how we lost this game. I don't know how Arkansas scored 30. 39. Tyler. I have no words. But, I mean, I know we're getting off with the coordinator next year, and we'll, 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 we'll uh, keep hopefully most of our recruits. So, whatever. At this point, I don't really give two shits at this point. I'm just going to watch just to watch, but I got nothing. I, I real deal got nothing. Yeah, Bill, Billy fumbled the bag on this one. But, um, yeah, you guys have a good one, and I guess I'll listen to the show and talk to you guys later. We love you. Love that guy, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel the pain, man. I that, that There's some frustration there, and I think you got to give Napier one more year, even if you lose out, because you got to keep this recruiting class intact. They have a top three class, a lot of yeah. difference makers. Um, but we'll see if that class stays intact if they lose out. I mean, it's a fickle game recruiting. And there's, you know, nowadays it used to be you wait till signing day yeah. Um, yeah. To, to figure out where everyone's going. Now you've, you, signing day is the excitement comes from all these players flipping within the last yeah. like two weeks. So you got to watch out for that if you're a Florida fan. Um, Clemson. On Notre Dame 23. Dabo, you buying the stock that Dabo's selling? This man, he actually said, if you're buying stock, you better buy Clemson. Brother, you are five and four. The yeah, the ceiling is eight stock. and four. I texted you and Dan this entire thing after he said that. And I was like, Yeah, man, fucking Clemson football to the clouds. Like, like not even like that is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like, you better buy stock on us now. You're a penny stock, Dabo. What are you talking about? <laughs> Like, what are you, Tyler? Get the fuck out of here. Um, but it was an impressive win, I will say that. And and they they turned the ball over. I think my favorite part of this game was the... They almost blew it at the end. Yes. Again, by fumbling, yeah. like, just dumbass. I, like, they just... They are the dumb, dumbest team ever. Yeah. Like, they're so good, man. And And they actually got the reverse. They only put up 286 total yards in this game, and Notre Dame put up 329, but they actually won. Right. Usually it's the other one. Usually they're the ones that are killing the box score. Mm-hmm. You got to shout out Phil Mafa, uh, uh, who is usually splits time with Shipley. Shipley was out with a concussion. Yeah. 36 carries, 187 yards, two touchdowns. Um, dominant performance. Yeah, on a good defense. So um, big win for Clemson, obviously. Tyler from Spartanburg was getting just love everywhere. I mean, they were dropping his name on the broadcast. On the awesome, yeah. Like if, if that kid wasn't a plant, which a lot of people are talking about now that he is a plant, yeah, then he probably got what he wanted, which was a lot of respect. Um, let's go to this one real quick because this was a really good game. Shout out to Ole Miss, who's seen some really good games over the last two years in Vaught Hemingway. Um. I, I thought AM was gonna pull this one out. Max Johnson continues to be the most frustrating quarterback in the country. Um and I think I think it's strictly like if you're betting on him, which I was doing because it was I thought they were gonna win. Um I pushed I pushed in this game because they won by three and a half, Vegas right? Federal. I got it at three. Oh I got it at three and a half. Um I was very nervous about this because I think I had to start the day, I had like, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but I was like, Baylor money line for sure, because they were playing Houston. Um, Notre Dame money line and then Florida money line. So I, I lost all three of those, but those were 
two of those three were in overtime. But I had in this game, I had Ole Miss to score first, and they did right down the field. And then, um, what do you call it? Uh, Ole Miss to score first, and then a And M plus three and a half. This was this was a game. We said it in the preview. I was like, I just feel like something stupid is going to happen. And lo and behold, Ole Miss is up fourteen nothing on on the doorstep of going up twenty one nothing, and they're down like the six yard line. Next thing you know, like penalty, penalty, something, and they have to line up to a field goal to make it seventeen nothing. And and like I mean, really had a chance to put the nail in the coffin early in the first half, I think, or maybe it was early in the second half. But um, they get a field goal blocked, and a And M returns it for a touchdown, and just like that, they're right back in it. But Max Johnson, man, he just does stuff every game where you're like, what are you doing? What it, it's the most. It makes my blood pressure rise just talking about it because he holds on to the ball until the very last second. And oh yeah, and then AM had a player get ejected. Dude, my man just went, no pun intended, just balls to the wall. Dick punch. He just went full out dick punch on that guy. <laughs> you don't see that a lot. That that's a move that oh, I can't respect. That's a, I can't a, respect a that move. <laughs> He like <laughs> he he like they showed the replay and the old miss guy the old miss guy st- like has him on the ground and stands up over him which is like this has become this like very disrespectful move like you're standing over someone your dick and your junk is like right near their face and it is a absolute symbol of disrespect to what you're doing and he knew what he was doing and he oh, yeah. and then he just stood there because the official saw him so he just stood there said I'm not doing anything. Didn't move, didn't try to get off of him. And the guy like pushes, pushes himself out from under his like grundle. Up and then it's just bam, just forearm to the dick. And then <laughs> and then he gets tossed out. And then my favorite thing was today Kiffin tweeted about it and then and then like tagged the kid from Ole Miss. He's like, great discipline, fantastic discipline here. And then and then like tagged the video. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> um Big big game coming up for Ole Miss. Yeah, it's, it's it's a game to me that you don't see Kiffin win a lot. Like mm-hmm. these games that we're hyping up, where Ole Miss is coming in, like something to prove. But we'll see. You know, it's a big opportunity for them. So, but they're still they still need Bama to lose to either Kentucky or Auburn, right? If Kentucky if Bama beats Kentucky, they um they clinch. Okay, yeah. So um. Yeah, because yeah, that's right. Because Bam is the only losses out of conference, right? So, um, but still, a lot to play for. You're a top ten team. Um, you go on the road to Georgia this week. That's going to be an electric atmosphere, no doubt. And I'll be interested yeah. to see how Ole Miss comes out in that game. Yeah, night game. Ridiculous. Um, the only other thing I just want to. Well, we didn't talk about Bedlam. We need to. Talk, so we let's we can talk about Bedlam and we can talk about USC Washington with the other segment okay you gonna do that all right let's get into the new segment then okay how do we do this so uh well away. here i'll just i'll start sharing some of these um i wanted to share one personally i only brought one to the table okay but it's a good one did you see the kentucky mississippi state game no at all no i didn't either but i did see something from the game that was Quite incredible. Uh, so we're gonna need the audio for this. What? what? Are you gonna put it? Okay. Let's oh, see if we can get this. See if we can get this. The audio going here. 
So I'll make it bigger. There you go. That Valeria 156 to whoa, oh my goodness. Well, might want to block him that time. That's John Lewis. Almost beat Barry on Brown with the football. Well, John Lewis had a player in the game. He hit a blocker like this and just oh. wait for it. Almost knocked Brown to Pontotoc. Here he comes out the club and go hang out with the hookers there in Pontotoc. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Dude, so there's silence. You got I gotta go back a little bit. There's silence and they just kick it to the watch it. Ryan and Danny. <laughs> what? Was that Tom Hart? It's, it's Tom and Cole, and then Alyssa Lang was on the call for some reason because yeah. Jordan was at the Ole Miss game. So they go on to say that the hookers are like some family that lives in that town. And he like starts like explaining why he said it, but oh, he, just he brought it on Twitter today. He was like, "Sorry, I know how to pronounce the name of the town or something like that." <laughs> so that was the one I brought to the table. It was so good. I was I was dying on that. That's really good. All right, you I'm, have the rest. Going to hang out with the hookers and. All right, you have all the ones I have. They're in the 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 chat, and this looks stupid. There's nothing out there. It does. Here we go. All right, so this is we're just this is some of the my favorite things that we saw. I now go to the right. This was this was something that goes viral, and I had a bunch of people that actually reached out and commented like on Twitter. It was like, please bring up Caleb Williams being a bitch. Um, and we don't have a name for it. You know what, Krista, you think of a name for it, and we'll we'll use that. Um, but the, like so Caleb Williams USC loses, Alex Grinch is fired like on the spot almost. Thank and God, dude. Yeah, it's awful. He goes to the sideline and he's crying with his mom, and people are just railing him. And I defended him somewhat jokingly, but like, bro, he's 22. Okay. Yeah. He's been in the spotlight for like six years now. Like he's he's a kid. I I cannot tell you the amount of shit that times like when I was 22 that I got drunk and cried over like nothing, let alone losing on national television and knowing that my Heisman and my national championship like dreams were completely gone. Cause now like the rest of his season, dude, they only have like two more weeks. I mean, like they're, they've played 10 games. They, they have two games left. They got a game with UCLA. He's where are they going to fucking go to the sun bowl? He's not going to play in that. Like, so, but then I remembered this too. Now go back one. I forgot that he did this last year. Yeah. That's a tough look. And so now I'm like backtracking all, all the things I just said. And I'm thinking, man, this guy had the fuck Utah fingernails. He had this thing. He said he wanted a stake in part of the, the, like whoever drafts him. Have we figured out if he's beaten a ranked opponent? He has to have beaten a ranked opponent, but his numbers against yeah. teams are, it's dreadful dreadful um yeah. he also gave the longest halftime speech i'm sorry heisman speech of all time yeah no i think his time's done I, I would be surprised if he doesn't play the rest of the year i mean yeah it, it seemed like his reaction there like it seems like he's like well that was just my last go for it all I don't, I don't for those that are listening only on podcast um you may want to t t uh, tune into the YouTube for this section because it's a lot of stuff that is going to be shared on screen. 
Yes, also true. Sorry, I forgot about that. Now go to the Oklahoma State one. Oh, Oklahoma State? Yeah, one of our one of our listeners was there. Bedlam was awesome. I loved it for two reasons, Tyler. That's because one, OK State reached out to us on Friday promoting Ollie, um, the star running back, Ollie Gordon. Um, thought that was awesome. We had a nice little back and forth with them. Um, and you know, told him that we had brought up uh, on the pod that we we predicted OK State to win. Um, now you also know that I love the fact that this man in the turtleneck from from Fox, who I hate more than anything, anyone. Um and RJ Young bringing up the fact that OK, OK State was scared to play Oklahoma because the 91 to 19 thing, which is absurd. And you go out with your with your national championship hopes seemingly still intact in your rivalry game, and you get fucking beat with against a hurt Ollie Gordon, too. Now, this was the reaction from an Oklahoma State fan who is while like the whole scene, just this, I'll be quiet. Here's the scene. Go ahead. Now, for those of you listening to the pod and can't see it, it's just the most average-bodied, mid-40s dude. Just jeans, tennis shoes, and a fucking OK State Hawaiian shirt. And he is sprinting across the field because they've rushed the field. He is sprinting across the field. If you look in the background, by the way, right there, the guy in the white hat, that's Eddie Radisvich. The guy oh, from yeah, the- we had him on the pod. Yeah. Um, and he's sprinting across the field so he can get in front of the Oklahoma section in the corner of the stadium. And he's just screaming, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And he's he's doing the suck it sign while doing it. Just just like like can we get one more. Can I just can we watch it one more time? Yes. And then they're playing Toby Keith should have been a cowboy in the background. Yeah. He's doing a dead thing. That is the best thing. Look at that hand. He's got a little bit of Kip, A&M cheerleader yeah. in them. Um, also, That's Michael Kelly, appreciate you, bud. Uh, throwing out the um, podcast listeners, make sure you watch the YouTube, give the voice some views. We had over 1,000-something views on the A&M preview alone, which is pretty interesting. We were nearing 1,000 on the Georgia Mizzou one as well. All right, now, Krista, close your eyes. Here's the last one. Um, wait. So Chris is bringing this up. I didn't see this, but apparently Oklahoma State also played Taylor Swift. We are never getting back together after this. That's fire. Oh, I love it. All right, now go to this one. So which one? The Tim Brando one? All of it. Or the Alabama fan? All of it. Oh, boy. All right, let me share the screen here. So this is some of my favorite takes from after the game. You can start with Tim Brando. You, would you like me to read the tweet? Yeah, and blow it up. Why can't I see it? There you go. Okay. Tim Brando tweets. Tim Brando tweets, I was in the air, uh, airplane emoji, yeah. flying home when Jaden Daniels was knocked out of the game by Dallas Turner. How targeting called was beyond comprehension. A couple of Fair. things. At Alabama football, controlled the ball in the third quarter. Forward with a solid run game and keeping at LSU football dynamic offense off the field. 
Tigers D historically bad, which made Saban's approach all the more effective. I was wrong about this team, and it was because I stop there. Okay. All of these things are fair statements that he has made so far. Okay. Tim Brando, who has about as big of a fucking national platform that you can have and has for decades. If you think I'm a homer, this dude is the most sensitive, butthurt, and I'll just say it because I we will never have him on here, and he doesn't know my new account, so he hasn't blocked it yet. But Tim Brando is a bitch. Tim Brando is a bitch, and I don't care how that sounds. He might be a great person. I think he's a great dad. Like his his daughter looks up to him. I see them post all the time. I think he, he like she's in the same industry, but he is a bitch. Capital B, capital itch. Now go ahead and read you the rest. Go on the Yes. I was wrong about this team, and it was because I couldn't foresee Milrose's improvement. Uh, shrugging emoji. Bama will be exposed in the college football playoff, if not by Georgia, another team I still don't believe in nationally. Oregon, Washington, Florida State are all better than any of the teams in the SEC this year. Oregon, Washington, Texas are all better than the two best in the SEC this season. You know, I think he makes a great point here. Here's my, here's my main issue. Here's the thing. When he says the word exposed, what does that mean? Are are we all the set like no, Bama is an eleven and two team. They are going to win out and they're gonna get beat by double digits by Georgia in the play in the SEC championship. They're not gonna make the playoff. They're not one of the four best teams in the country. But exposed, you mean just they're gonna get beat? And this is probably their ceiling. The reason he's upset is because he is such a fucking LSU homer and I and I love it. I just love it. I just love it. Now go to my final favorite one. This was wild. Okay. Who is this guy? Just some just somebody random? Captain Corn Juice. Captain Corn Juice. So this Everyone is, knows Captain Corn Juice. The, the whole premise of this whole thing is just like the fan reaction, just like we do for the the um the pod, like the call-ins. Like this is just some of like the reactions we see on Twitter. This this went viral, and this person tweeted his name's Captain Corn Juice, wrote, I'm gonna be honest, which I love. I love that start. Yeah. If I am any other, if I have any other SEC coach, I am simply calling the SEC and saying that none of us will play Alabama until the officiating is fixed. Fuck them, the SEC, Birmingham, and the rest. I thought our game was bad, but this LSU game was fucking criminal. I think we should kind of get the FBI involved here. I here's here's the thing: Dallas Turner should be in jail, and everyone knows it. But. My favorite part of this is that, like, in in my mind, we're not, you know what, we're not going to play until the officiating's fixed. Do you realize how fucking ridiculous you sound, for one? And then, two, the fact that, like, Tennessee, again, coming to the aid of LSU fans after the shit that happened last year in the game, hilarious. And then this guy was so upset. This guy was really upset. So... This is another random on Twitter. Uh, Alabama fans in my mentions, here is Devin White being ejected before we played you in 2018. I don't... That was a, a hit from five years ago, Tyler. What are we yeah, doing? That, <laughs> what are we doing? That's, that's a strange reaction, I will say. <laughs> it was like... And it, but my favorite part of that whole thing, too, and I, I think I tweeted about this, because he he... His entire feed was just one after the other after the other. Um, his he's he made some comment about how he was like, 
uh, like the thing about Devin White, and all I could think of was like, I remember that happening in 2018, and this is this is the last play I'm gonna make. I remember that play happening in 2018, and it was a bad call, and he should have never been, he should have never had that call uh, made on him. And then he had to miss the first half of the game against Alabama. And I will, I remember like it was yesterday. And Chris, if you want, you can back me up on this, but you don't have to. But I remember going into that game, there was a conspiracy theory that because still with Alabama gets all the calls. Wait, that was that was LSU's punter. Oh, he and he also played minor league baseball. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um, but he made a comment that was like, or every, like a lot of fans made a comment that like it was clearly the SEC trying to make sure that Devin White was out for the first half of the Bama game to help Alabama out. Mm. And they talked themselves into how unfair it was and blah, blah, blah. And, and like, and it, it was like a, a top three matchup. I think Bama was one, they were three. And, and they was just all week. That's what, that's what it was. And then they lost 29 to nothing. And then afterwards it became, it became, it turned into uh hold on. It turned into, that's why they lost. Go here. Now zoom in. Okay, so this last one is a retweet from the Ole Miss football official account retweeting the official Texas A&M tweet that was the final of the score, number 10 Ole Miss 38, Texas A&M 35. Ole Miss retweets that with the caption L plus ratio equals thumbs up and then posted this video. I go somewhere's winning all the time. We boarded a plane and sat down in first class. You just didn't take the call? Not going to. We're done. Excuse me while I whip this out. I go somewhere winning all the time. My God. Did I tell you or did I tell you? That if they won this game in the post-game troll, that the fucking Christmas tree would get brought up. And it did. The Christmas tree. Dude, the Christmas tree. You did. You called that one. Nailed it. That's the new That's the new uh, celebration, by the way. Yeah. The one that they were doing on the plane. <laughs> Love it. Um, all right. So, uh, obviously, the first time we've done the segment, pretty broken. We, we'll figure out how to do it or we just will forget about it like most of the segments we are done here. But uh, yeah, you guys help us out. Send us the most ridiculous stuff you've seen, the funniest yeah. stuff you've seen. I, I meant to send you this earlier. That was very loud. Yeah. I meant to send you this earlier, but did you by any chance see the UGA fan? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I saw your tweet. You're, I, I thought your uh, comment on it was hilarious. That that guy was that, that guy became a, a, a an emoji. Maybe what we'll start doing too is like We'll start. Um, we'll do some sort of like prize or something, or maybe like we bring someone on for a segment. Whoever makes the best meme out of something over the weekend, I think that'd be a lot of fun because there were some good ones yesterday with that fucking Forever Fifty One model um, and the Guy Fieri goatee for UGA. Hey, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna put something out there for the Georgia fans this week since you have game day. If you oh, yeah. make it on to game day with a big sign about our podcast, I'm going to personally send you a hundred dollar gift card. I, Visa. I will do the same thing. We'll do We'll do it. Right. Gift card. It's got to be a big sign. Something about Saturday football. It has to say both of our names and our Twitter accounts. Cause we got to get that red too crazy. But yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So if you can make it on there, $200, $200 coming from me and uncle Chris, we'll get you, we'll get you in the DMS with your address, but yeah, be on game day. I'll be watching from Tallahassee. It's gonna be awesome. 
Um, I will tell you this right. too, Tyler, just to the listeners real quick, what I will do to make sure it happens. Cause I know that I'm bad about stickers. I will send a hundred dollars to Tyler and then make and then sure he's in charge of, of mailing it off. So it'll get done. <laughs> All right, that's the end of the show. As always, we really appreciate you all listening to the show. It would really help us in the growth of the show if you'd rate us five stars on Apple and Spotify. Leave us a review. The best ones will be read on air. And like and subscribe to the YouTube page. Leave a message. Game Day Hotline has been popping all season long. We love it. 770-674-8233. Don't forget to check out the videos and clips from the show at Sat Down South on Twitter, at Saturday Down South on Instagram and TikTok. And of course... Saturday Down South on YouTube. For Chris, I'm Tyler. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday for our Week 11 preview.